to the, the owners how much you're using and even down to what appliances you're using. They can tell because of the little chips and so on, the signatures of the appliances, what you're actually using in your house. Quite something, isn't it? And it's all for our own good. As the trainers, they we're going into an age of austerity. That's how they, they term. It's something like the, the, um, the terms we use for the inflation. We don't have inflation now or hyperinflation. We've got quantitative easing. Yeah. So we're into austerity, which means poverty. But it sounds better, doesn't it? Back with more after this break. I'm Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. This big deceptive system that teaches us to see things in a distorted fashion until we think it's all quite real because everyone else has seen it through the same distorted fashion and we all agree with each other thinking reality as it's presented is all there is. It's quite something, as I say, the terms that they use in psycholinguistics and it's through marketing too. Marketing agencies have been experts. They're, they're real experts in the field of psychology and how to word things, how to present things into your, directly into your mind so you'll do things or purchase things you wouldn't normally think about. That's their expertise. That's why it's all on board with governments. Governments use incredible amounts of your tax money to basically propagandize the public via the marketing companies. Pretty well everything that comes to you from government on television uh, or, or even newspapers is, is propaganda uh, from these marketing companies. To go over all the data, and they're told how to pre- uh, that they must present in a certain way to the public. This is how they want the public to perceive something. And they already find the words and the terminology and the way of presentation so that you'll, you'll swallow it, just like a, a, a bad medicine. And this is very, very common. It's been going on for years and years. And if people can't figure out now that they will live in an age of rather open corruption from the top of every country which can only get worse because we're all one big conglomerate corporation now, this global society with the same big boys, same big bankers running the show. I used to wonder when I was a child why money was capital and the, the, the head place of a, a country was, was, a, was capital. Well, capital means the head, the cap, you see. And don't be fooled by one vowel being different. It's the same thing. That's why capital rules Capital, whatever, whoever rules the money rules everything underneath it. It's a capstone. You see? And that's what runs this whole world. And that those who work for this, the system at the top are naturally corrupt people to begin with. They go into politics not because they want to help people. It's because they know that's where the honeypot is. The taxpayers' money. It's the biggest honeypot really in their country is the taxpayers' honeypot. Big corporations that want to do the road projects or building projects must go to governments to get all the grants and, and, and so on from the taxpayer to get it going because it would cost so much for them. And I mentioned the other day about uh, Mr. Mendelssohn or Mandelson in Britain who boasted that he ran Britain. He ran Britain from Nathan Rothschild's swimming pool over in France, I think it was, 
while Tony Blair or Mr. Brown, I think it was, was on holiday. Uh, that, that's the sort of thing you would read in the, the Times of Caligula or Nero. That's the sort of thing you would get used to reading, these incredible statements of, of audacity as the boys get too cocky for themselves, really, and they can't help but showing their arrogance and cockiness. In other words, what's the point in having a parliament in the first place? If someone who's non-elected, and he is non-elected, by the way, these guys who are really important are appointed, um, could, can run a country, supposedly, from a swimming pool of one of the world's bankers or the banking families. It's in your face. In your face. And we got raped, of course. We know it's a planned crash. They could have kept the con going and the bubbles going for as long as they had detergent to blow it up with. But they decided that, that was the time. And I'm sure they probably decided years ago, long before 2001 came along, when this particular crash was set to happen. I'm not kidding about that. We're living through a script. Through a script. It's interesting to note, if you read through the propagandists for the big boys, sometimes called futurists, uh, because the futurists and the novelists are the best way to pro program the public for what's to come without legally giving away the game that uh, it's a plan. That's how clever it is. And H.G. Wells mentioned in one of his books, uh, it was a brief uh, um, history of the future, something like that it was called, but he mentioned that uh, in, by the year 2013, uh, it would be illegal to, for a person to give a smoke from a fire or something like that. Smoke would be a, a no-no. And it was written in the late 1800s. You think, you're, you think everything's happening by the time and decisions are made by the, by the, by the day? No, it's made long, long ago. He even said that the agenda was to have people living in a, a few major cities in, across Britain and other ones across the world, a few major cities, and the best of world company that would deal with all foodstuffs and distribution of foodstuffs, one company. Well, that's what the agribusiness is all about. The big boys at the top really one big, vast corporation. And they will dish out the food to what they call the regions or states through the United Nations Department of Agriculture. That will happen. But before that, we've got to get really taught that it must happen by creating, creating rationing and different things like that. The trainers are what's to come step by step. And H.G. Wells was no, no Nostradamus. He simply got uh, professors from, from Oxford and Cambridge to dump stuff on his desk. And he was told to write stories containing the stuff around it. That's how it was done. The Fabian Society, one branch of this Royal Institute for International Affairs. And corruption runs the whole darn thing because elitism is elitism. It will never change no matter what they call it. And those at the top, once they, they think they've won something, they can't help but flaunt it openly in your face. Uh, this is from the Times, October 15, 2009. A year after the crunch, it's boom time again for bankers. Now, I think your great-great-great-grandchildren are put down as a guarantors to pay off the, the money that the bankers were, were given as a gift to get back on their feet, not that they needed it. And it says here, investment bankers are about to enjoy a record bonus season as confidence surges in the financial markets. 
just 12 months after the global economy was brought close to collapse by reckless lending by who by the bankers forcing banks to turn to taxpayers for help stock markets in london and new york are enjoying one of the strongest bull runs in decades and investment banks are preparing to announce huge profits in britain job losses slowed in three months to august unemployment rose by 88,000 to 2.47 million <laughs> and they call this the lowest rise since july of last year <laughs> So this is a rah-rah thing that the economy is on its way up, you see. That's just how it's presented to you. But it's in your face, isn't it? In your face. But can you imagine running up your credit cards to maximum and the government steps in and says, don't worry, we'll pay for it. Can you imagine that? And they said, you can keep the credit cards and start from scratch again. Gee whiz, thanks, Dad. And also from Times Online, the company that led the charge for bankruptcy and the promotion of bubbles as they called them. Goldman Sachs is always, we always be the head of every depression we've had. And that'd be a good reason for it. It's appointed to be up there at the top. October 15th, Times Online, Goldman Sachs reignites payroll row over 46% rise. They won't have 46% rise in their pay. Workers at Goldman Sachs have racked up an average $527,192 in salary and bonuses so far this year after the American investment bank made $3.1 billion profit in the third quarter. Average pay for staff at the group, which employs around 5,500 staff in London, is 46% higher compared to last year. 46% higher. Everyone else is losing their homes across the planet here. People on the street, people at food banks. And here it's in your face, just like these old parties of ancient Rome. Isn't it? The news is likely further to enrage taxpayers who blame excessive risk-taking by banks for the global recession. Well, what can the taxpayers do about it? Eh? We're getting trained we're nothing. And it's true enough if you have no organization, technically you are nothing. So far over the first nine months of the financial year, Goldman Sachs has set aside $16.7 billion dollars to compensate its 31,700 strong global workforce so they're making sure their boys get well, well paid. The 46, it's a 46% rise in the same period in 2008. That's not bad too, eh? Not bad getting 46% pay raises every year as you fleece the public, shaft everybody, and you tell, you tell the governments, you know, because obviously you're above government when you run the money system, to just dole out billions and billions, another 700 billions here, 700 billion more there when they want it. Not a bad deal. We live in an utter, utter phase and time period of utter corruption. It's that simple. Now, I was reading from the Montreal Gazette there how the, how the minister, I mean the politician who's been appointed over Canada's uh, health is doing your PR stuff, talking about the flu jab and how great and wonderful it is and all the rest of it, and how they're going ahead anyway. It's all doublespeak. They're going ahead anyway. And she also advocates uh, it's a good thing to get your, your, your yearly flu shot along afterwards with the swine flu shot, right? Even though uh, the researchers in Canada have said if you get your normal yearly flu shot first, you're twice as likely to get the swine flu. 
you get this it's incredible double speak from all directions here but that doesn't flaunt her and she has no medical training we, we get people in Canada you see and all the British Commonwealth countries including Britain who generally have no medical training at all putting at the top of these they call them chairs you know and they move them from these like musical chairs they can be minister for the environment one day and an expert minister of health next day and an expert and minister for, for jobs or something else next day they're experts that's how stupid and ridiculous it all is Bureaucrats run the show. Why bother with the politicians? They're all in the take anyway. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and we're cutting through the matrix talking about amazing confusion it's all deliberate actually uh, to do with the, the flu uh, the ordinary flu or common flu the, the common flu is never the same as last year's flu because it keeps mutating you see but they call it the annual flu and uh, it's amazing to see this um, this health minister this someone who's who's been appointed over uh, Canada's health uh, her name is Aglukak I think it is She's exhorted Canadians to get their flu shots when the H1N1 vaccine becomes available next month. Now, even she's confused, obviously, because she's using the same term H1N1, which is correct for the common one, but they're using the same term for the swine flu, which is supposed to be dash 909 to differentiate the two types. This is from the top. They don't know. But why should they have no medical training? And, and the media isn't helping it by the way that they just part this stuff off either. It's to confuse the public. She says at the end of the day, it's an individual choice to get it, she says. But if you don't want to get H1N1, get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. Ottawa plans to run ads, that's her tax money again, you know, in the next several weeks, encouraging Canadians to become immunized, a federal official said Wednesday. See, that saves Big Pharma from doing the advertising. So beautiful deal here uh, there must be a lot of a lot of people going to get awfully wealthy on the quiet on all of this stuff across the planet across the whole planet honestly and at the same time they're doing a propaganda campaign I mentioned I read it in fact from one of the newspapers a couple of weeks ago that uh, they're getting the propaganda campaigns ready to counter the side effects and the fallout from people who have come down with diseases or illnesses after the flu shot. And they're actually telling the doctors, and the media is all involved, of course, telling the people, uh, always starting off their spiels when it comes to sick people, but that it's all safe, it's all safe. There are some small, very, very, very odd ones here and there who get sick from it, but it's, it's safe, safe, safe. Uh, but the idea is to, to tell them not to, to put together the time that you got sick, proximity of where you got sick, being in a doctor's office right after the jab to the fact that you come down with a stroke, have seizures, or have a heart attack. This is literally a campaign to convince you that it's just pure coincidence that it's happening after these shots. This is from the top. But here's myfox.com. It's actually myfoxdc.com. It says... Woman disabled by flu shot reaction. And there's a video here you should see uh, of a woman who can hardly speak anymore. Young woman. 
14th of October 2009 by Claudia Coffey. It uh, says here, Washington, an Ashburn, Virginia woman is in the fight of her life after suffering a very rare side effect. See how they word it? Very rare side effect to the seasonal flu shot. And then, now here's your PR first. Before they get into the story, they give you this, what they're, they're told to do now. The vast majority of doctors say flu shots are safe. In this case, the FDA says they found nothing wrong with a particular batch, but sometimes there are complications, like paralysis, you know, is complication. That's apparently uh, what happened to Desiree Jennings, and now her life will never be the same. At 26 years old, Desiree Jennings was a picture of health. She's a Washington Redskins cheerleader and avid runner. Her life changed forever on August the 23rd, when she says she got a seasonal flu shot at a local grocery store. They were doing that in Canada, two free flu shot with every 10 bags of groceries, even though you get it free if you went to the clinics. It's not free, you see. The taxpayers fund all of that. <laughs> Ten days after receiving the shot, she came down with the flu. After that, her health spiraled downwards. She started passing out and had to be hospitalized twice. We went to an urgent care place, and they wouldn't even let her get out of my truck because she was having seizures in the back so bad. They called an ambulance immediately, said her husband, Brendan Jennings. Doctors at Fairfax, Innova and Johns Hopkins diagnosed her with a rare neurological disorder called dystonia. They think it was caused by a severe reaction to the flu shot. They mean they think they darn well know it is. The jury now has difficulty speaking, walking and even eating. During an interview with Fox 5, she had several seizures. The effects are irreversible. The symptoms, she was told, will get worse if I use my voice or walk when the brain signals are misfiring, said Jennings. The jury reported her health problems to the Food and Drug Administration, thinking there might have been something wrong with her vaccine. We also contacted the FDA and were told they found no problems with the particular lot of flu vaccines that Desiree had received, and the agency has not received any other reports of adverse effects from this lot. That would be all lies, of course. For every person in the media that's, that comes, that's, you hear about, there's at least a thousand you want. Health experts stress that overall extreme side effects are rare. That's, that's nonsense, too. And these are rapid onset side effects. They're not even going into the long-term ones that come on later on, two or three years down the road, even ten years down the road. So here's our PR. And you'll find with every story that comes forward, for the few they'll allow to come forward, they'll have the same PR in it. The flu shot is safe for the majority of the public. And as I said before, your heart goes out to someone that experiences this sort of thing. Being paralyzed is this sort of thing thinking that they are doing something great for their, for their wellness. You can tell it's a young person who's giving advice here, and their general health. But it does happen in extreme rare cases, said Rachel Lynch with Fairfax Innove, or Innove Health System. For Desiree, she just happened to be one of those rare cases. Tough cheese. Tough cheese. Perfectly healthy. Would have stayed healthy. Now she ain't. Tough cheese. So sad. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. This is 
um, looking through the farce of it all and the, the tragedy as well, as people who are really very innocent, they believe the system's all real, run off and get their shots, and they're trying to persuade people, as folk come down with irreparable damage, uh, that um, it's all perfectly safe. And actually, I read an article a few months back where the companies blame you for having bad genes. There's nothing wrong with the vaccine. You just have different genes from most people. Now, you might have been healthy for the rest of your, your days, lived for 100 years, and now you're sick. So that's really off, off, going to help you, knowing that you've got bad genes, you see. You're supposed to have, you're supposed to have adaptable, like pharma-adaptable genes. That's what you're supposed to have, you see. Double speak and psycholinguistics, isn't it? Here's an article here from ABC News, 14th of October, 2009. Drug makers, doctors rake in billions battling, oh, they're back like a sports game, eh? They're battling H1N flu that doesn't seem to be anywhere except in the media. It says swine flu is bad for victims but good for business that, or, that cater to expanding markets. Americans are still debating where to roll up the sleeves for a swine flu shot, but companies have already figured it out. Vaccines are good for business. Well, no kidding, eh? Drug companies have sold $1.5 billion worth of swine flu shots, in addition to the $1 billion for seasonal flu. They booked earlier this year, or they booked that earlier, the seasonal flu earlier. These inoculations are part of a much wider and rapidly growing $20 billion global vaccine market. I like the way they, they call it markets too, you know, in the stock market. A market's where you deal with animals. The vaccine market is booming, said Bruce Carlson, a spokesman at market research firm Calorama, which publishes an annual survey of the vaccine industry. It's an enormous growth area for pharmaceuticals at a time when other areas are not doing so well. Well, it's great because that's where they created this whole farce in the first place, you know. We're not doing too well with all the other drugs that are killing folk off. Uh, we can make a profit. Let's invent a big scare. <laughs> and let's get our boys in politics to promote it. He says, noting that uh, the pipeline for more traditional blockbuster drugs such as Lipitor and Nexlum has thinned. As always with pandemic f- flus, taxpayers are footing the $1.5 billion check for the $250 million uh, swine flu vaccines that the government has ordered. So at least they're honest there. We're footing the bill as always. Uh, and we'll be distributing free to doctors, pharmacies, and schools. Well, it's paid for by the taxpayer. It's not free. In addition, Congress has set aside more than $10 billion this year to research flu viruses, monitor H1N1's progress, and educate the public without prevention. About prevention. Drug makers pocket most of the revenues from the flu sales with Sanofi Pasteur, GlaxoSmithKline and Novartis cornering most of the market. Isn't that what they always do? They corner the markets. Eh? Eliminate all competitions, corner the market. We cozy partnership, a little cabal together because they learned it all when they were doing their banking. These guys, it's a guy, big bankers who own all these uh, pharma companies, you know. They've been in this down through many, 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 many centuries. Same things together. Pharma, gold, money, trade. And now they just tell politicians what to do. So it's great business. Where else could you actually come out with an idea or a product and your, the government will, will guarantee you uh, that they'll buy all that you have and you set the price? 
That's not bad, eh? But a great deal. Great deal. And here it goes to this article here about uh, flu jabs. In doubt, it says here. If I can pull the darn thing up, because this computer is freezing up on me as always. They know that, um, and I think it's from the mail, if this will just come up for me. Hold on, I'll close this off here. I get programs running in the back, I never find out what they are. And so it doesn't, it doesn't go well with me. Yeah, normal flu jabs double the risk of catching swine bug. Mail online. And this is from the 14th of October. Seasonal flu jabs could double the risk of developing swine flu. Researchers have claimed. This is the the public punch drunk. Totally, utterly confused. The findings from Canada led to some states in the the country delaying seasonal flu jab campaigns amid fears the recipients could be more vulnerable to a second surge of the pandemic. The UK's Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation, an independent advisory group, says the study's findings had not been substantiated in any other country, but they haven't been looking for it, have they? And all you have to do is to go into this independent advisory group and see who funds them. (laughs) The World Health Organization has also dismissed them, and they also get masses of pay from the farmers. They're totally in bed with them. It says, and separate research suggests seasonal flu jabs might actually protect against swine flu. So there's your counter-propaganda. Whenever they get negative facts, they just counter it with positive propaganda. Last week, GPs across the UK began their seasonal flu campaign, which aims to protect more than 15 million people, except for those who have bad genes, who will come down and be paralysed. I added that last part myself. And on on the rubbish goes. Rubbish goes. Fake figures have used for ages. I've read that stuff from the Nexus magazine from about 2004 that tell you every year they come out with the same figures, same figures every darn year, and then I gave you alongside the CDC's own report of the actual figures. They're born liars. Born liars for business. Quite something, isn't it? And then you have nurses in New York who were told, the state of New York were told they've got to take uh, all of these flu shots, including the swine flu shot, or they get fired, even though it wasn't in their contract when they started. This is done by a mandate, which is not actually a law. Everybody's doing stuff now by mandates from little, little um, boards that they have, health boards and things. Policies, you might call it. Our policy is now, we'll fire you. It's kind of like if you started off at McDonald's and, and then you, you, you don't like the stuff there because it's GMO and all that oh, awful stuff. And it makes you awfully fat, too. And, uh, and then they tell you later on, you've got to eat their food. Only their food. No one else's food. You've got to eat their food or they'll fire you. Same thing, you see. And hospital staff, I mean, they see people coming in all the time for operations. Well, yeah, you could have those operations, but you don't really need them. So you'll turn them down if they were offered. Well, it should be the same thing with this jab, you see, because it's all bogus nonsense, except for the fact the only thing we know for sure are are the symptoms of the diseases you come down with if you, if you have bad genes, bad genes, you know, those inferior genes that are just outside the big, vast herd, you see. So, as I say, this News 10, it says here, 
Albany count, uh, count for Albany County nurses amongst those scared of the H1N1, not the virus itself, but of the vaccine for it that New York is requiring all health care workers to receive by the end of November. Receiving the vaccine doesn't mean you're not going to get the flu, said Norma Patterson, an emergency room nurse at Albany Medical Center. She's one of the four nurses who are planning to file a lawsuit this week against New York in order to stop the state from enforcing its mandatory vaccinations. In addition to H1N1 or swine flu, again, they should differentiate the two, nurses, doctors, and others who care for the health of others in New York will have to receive a seasonal flu shot. It's the first time the state has mandated such a vaccination. Well, you know, there's an awful lot of shareholders and farmers living in New York. I've had more staff that have become ill after the flu vaccines this year than co-workers that have actually come down with the illness, Patterson says. I'll read that again for the harder thinking. I've had more staff that have come, become ill after the flu vaccine, after getting a shot this year, than co-workers that have actually come down with the illness, Patterson says. She's been a nurse for 28 years, but during that time has only been vaccinated once for influenza in the early 90s. Instead, she prefers proper hygiene, such as washing hands, covering her mouth, nose when coughing, and sneezing over a vaccine. She prefers to just prevent it, if you see. And to be honest with you, and I've wondered about this, you know, the media love to go into these, these hard emotive stories uh, of people who've really suffered with, with, with diseases and flus and stuff, except when it's people who are coming down with side effects or, or diseases caused by the shots themselves. Why haven't we seen a whole plethora of people during this whole pandemic terror that's come, come thousands and thousands of folk came down with it, of, of terrible effects, and having personal interviews of how it was for them? But I haven't seen one. I don't know anybody that's had it, the swine flu. All I've got is numbers tossed out by the media. In a hospital, in, and then they give you a country or a state, but they don't tell you which ones, so you can't check. It's all bogus. It's all bogus. Came back to this article. Same goes for her co-worker, nurse Catherine Dupree. Like Patterson, she's only been vaccinated once, also for influenza during her decade as an emergency room nurse. We're going to lose our jobs if we do not get this vaccine, Dupree says. There are hundreds of co-workers of ours that feel just as strongly against the vaccine. But see, they said more, they have a little bit more training, so they know that this stuff isn't even tested for safety. And they also know, through the training of the, what can go wrong. It says, indeed, the state is telling the healthcare workers that the consequences of not being vaccinated for either flu or uh, is termination of employment. Parson Dupree say if they fail to get vaccinated by October 27, they've been told they will face a week of suspension without pay, followed by termination if they don't get the vaccines. The state deadline for healthcare groups to comply with the mandate is November the 30th, but the nurses say some hospitals have such large staffs that ensuring everyone is in compliance is forcing them to so is forcing them to establish their own deadlines. Nevertheless, nurses say they don't blame their employer, rather they blame the state of New York for violating their civil rights. And you're darned right. You're darned right. If you're healthy now, why would you put yourself at risk? That's common sense. Common sense. And there's also an article uh, from nurses in Albany that are suing the state. I'll put that link up as well. And I've got, uh, I've got a, a link to the California Nurses Association that sent it to me, uh, where they go through their policy, where they, they prefer that governments and, and 
the experts, as they say, um, try and use simply persuasion, but not mandating it. Persuasion should be used in a free democratic system. Try and persuade, you, you, then you have the right to say yes or no. If you fall for it, you see, or don't fall for it. Because it should not be mandated at all. Definitely, definitely not. Now, people don't even know what's getting put into their bodies. I think there was even a, a Google video up there. They showed you some of the stuff getting made in China. And a guy covered in gooey mush and blood and stuff, carrying pails. You know, the pails that you... Uh, these kind of zinc pails. This is how hygienic it all is, and how how highly scientific it all is too. As they as they strip out different kinds of tissue from animals and and humans, by the way, yeah, and mush it all together and blend it. Get all the red stuff out. The syringe it doesn't look too nice when you get red stuff squirted into your body. So they try to get rid of the red stuff, but basically you're getting a combination of animal and human cells from aborted children uh, mixed up with uh, all these viruses and. You also get a, a massive accumulation, I've read it before, of the hundreds of other viruses that are also uh, carried by both human and animals, along with the one they're talking about or supposedly going to help you with. There's a, a site there, and I'll try to put the link up for you. It comes from, a, I think it was a religious site, but don't let that put you off. Everybody's been conditioned not to look at They're using facts from the pharma industry and from, from their own inserts and packaging in drugs and vaccines. They're not making this stuff up. They give you direct, um, the direct stuff that's in the, the inserts. For instance, hepatitis A vaccine. This is from the, the, the company that makes it. Inactivated, it says. V-A-Q-T-A, hepatitis A vaccine. <clears throat> inactivated is an inactivated whole virus vaccine derived from hepatitis A virus. They're grown in cell culture in human MRC-5 diploid fibroblasts. That comes from aborted children, folks. This is from the inserts. The doctors don't never read these inserts. What patient asked to see the inserts before they stick something in you? MRC-5 diploid fibroblasts. Containing an inactivated virus strain, which was originally developed by further serial passage of a proven attenuated strain. Then to talk about how it's grown, harvested, purified by a combination of physical and high-performance liquid chromatographic, chromatographic techniques developed at the Merck Research Laboratories, formalin inactivated and then absorbed into aluminum hydroxide. <laughs> you know the stuff that goes to your brain and they find it in all Alzheimer's patients. One millimeter of the vaccine contains approximately 50 units of hepatitis A virus antigen, which is purified and formulated without a preservative. It goes on and on and on. But MRC-5 diploid fibroblasts is from human cells of aborted fetuses. That's the truth of it. That's the truth of it. And the site that got it from also has this on it too. Actually, the site is called Children of God for Life. Children of God for Life. It's well worth going into it because there's so much stuff directly from the pharma industry, they add nothing to it. And they tell you what's in all the different shots you're getting and from the inserts that come with the shots that no one reads. The last person to read them is a doctor 
and definitely the patient. And it gives you all the, uh, the information to do on where this, uh, the fetal cells come from uh, and how they make the stuff and all the rest of it. Disgusting world we live in, isn't it? It's utterly disgusting. But what a business. And it's great, too, because they can bring down the population with it as they go. There'll be more autism, uh, more paralysis. More paralysis will, uh, will develop later in life. There'll be more folk with higher blood pressure when they hit about 30. And they know what's causing it all. We're under war. It's warfare, total warfare on the public. And the public have not got a clue because they're so mind-bombed with contradictory pros and cons. They just collapse eventually and say, oh, they can't all be wrong. We'll, We'll just go along with them. That's how it's done. That's how it's done. And they cave in and go and get it. I mentioned the other day about the United Nations and how they always use excuses, how they have to go into countries to stop rape and killing and pillaging and all that stuff. Here's an article from theguardian.co.uk. And I, I said at the time they've been responsible for more rapings and killings than anybody else. They're not this charitable group that goes, that goes around handing out chocolate bars and tents to displaced people. That's pure PR. They're a war-making machine. And... They're part of the biggest Fabian section ever devised for the whole planet. You have to read how it was set up, who set it up. Same bankers, by the way, and what their long-term, 100-year goal was. World government, not a democratic system. Now read this. It's what happened in the Congo after this break. cutting through the matrix and just looking at the farce of the world because it's, it's, it's interesting too it was, it was Lenin who said that society, people don't realize he said that society can go in a thousand directions, the type of society that you want but he said it was important that those who were present alive then, meaning the masses don't realize that, they must think that the reality they're in, the system they're in can be the only one that could normally have evolved you must know that there's many types of, of ways society can go. And believe you me, this system we're on for this global order, this non-democratic system, this new great Soviet, is going to teach us all that very, very, very quickly. They're teaching us it now, in fact. It says, UN Congo uh, military offensive, a humanitarian disaster. More than 1,000 civilians killed, 7,000 were raped, and 900,000 displaced in operation to disarm to rebel group, says the report. A group of 84 local and international organizations today, international organizations, you know, describe the human cost of the attempt to defeat the democratic forces for the liberation of Rwanda as unacceptable and disproportionate to the results it's achieved. Because what did they do, as I say? The UN backed an offensive and gave them the vehicles and all the rest of it to destroy the supposed rebel group in eastern Democratic Republic of, Republic of Congo, which killed, uh, it says, a thousand civilian, civilians dead, non-combatants, a thousand civilians. That's nothing to Madeleine Albright. She liked it in the, about a million civilians. 7,000 raped. And Madeleine Albright now, by the way, is, is up there on the board of NATO, this part of the UN, the UN uh, attack forces. 
and 900,000 were forced from their homes. With 1,071 FDLR soldiers having given up their arms since the start of the military action in January, it effectively means that one civilian has been killed, seven women and girls raped, and 900 people displaced for every rebel disarmed. <laughs> oh, geez. According to the Congo Advocacy Coalition, at least 6,000 houses have been burned down by rebels, some as recently as September. Although many of the killings were carried by Rwandan Hutu militiamen in retaliation for the offensive, so this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the offensive, Congolese government soldiers have also targeted civilians, the report said. Marcel Strossel, head of Oxfam in Congo, said military action is needed to be, uh, needs to be immediately suspended. This appalling violence is no accident. It's a result of the UN-backed Congolese military operation against the militia, he said. It's a strategy that is being supported in capitals and in the highest echelons of the United Nations. Eh, quite something. They do this wherever they go. But yet the PR, you know, the, the posed PR with the, with the model soldiers, the big models in and dress them up with the blue helmets, giving out chocolate bars to, to little children with smiling faces and healthy teeth. Uh, that, that wins over reality. It wins over reality. If you look at the NATO emblem, that uh, you think it's a, a form of a cross, it's a stylized swastika. Look at it carefully. You'll see what I mean. They're awfully good at disguising stuff from the public. And most of the public can never really see what they're looking at anyway. It's easy to fool them. But we, we live in a world, as I say, where it's all propaganda, it's all illusions. Uh, clever people, full-time professional, boards, panels, psychiatrists, psychologists, marketing strategists, lawyers are all working together to brainwash you. Brainwash you, and believe you me, once they get away with, with making it mandatory that we all get inoculations, it will be mandatory then to get the chip. After all, they've now got control of your body. I'll put the clip up from YouTube on the ads to put out now for the chip. Back with more tomorrow. So from Hamish myself, from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.